uh, th- it reminds me of like when I was uh, in high school, like very early high school. I watched uh, I, I there's a website called the No Homers Club. It's like a Simpsons forum mm-hmm. where you can like kind of discuss the Simpsons. And like there's also like another part of it where uh, there's another section where it's non Simpsons stuff where you can talk about whatever you want. Um, so it's like Simpsons, non Simpsons. So like P- I submitted like I wrote like a short script called like the blind dates and it was like really bad it's like about like a blind person going on a date with like a woman and the, 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 the twist is he's blind <laughs> and, like it's really bad and I, I i couldn't find it if i wanted to like it's out there somewhere oh, and like man. people tore it apart because i was just oh. some kid i was just like some doofus like that like just wrote it on like a train like oh this will be funny and like i had no way of like filming it i had no way of like you know executing it anyway so this is the place where i sh- shared it and then people were like people just went on this like tear just like one it's like you know the organization bad you know who who are these characters they're so thin like all that stuff and then <laughs> oh, when no. i think at the time i needed someone who was just like okay so like like a teacher or like some type of person like okay this is good this is you know hey you should you know work on this this part is like shows promise and stuff like that and then like maybe avoid like you know ableist jokes and stuff like that and like all that stuff like i wish so it's good. That, my point is, it's good that you're providing that. Yeah, I definitely, um, if you want to say, I love that. First of all, it wasn't even like a Simpsons spec script. It was like completely. <laughs> That's, I was confused about it. And then, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I love that. And just, um, yeah, not to victim blame, but if you're looking for support, a Simpsons forum, maybe. <laughs> Maybe isn't maybe isn't the first place I would go, but you were you know reaching out. Um, that's the first step. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the internet is um uh yeah not not to brag, but one of my this is so embarrassing. I use TikTok, and I mean <laughs> that's the embarrassing part. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 26. Like I I'm already aged out of it. Um and uh of course you know I try to try to be funny um those videos go nowhere but there i i saw this this british guy um i I live in in england um what yeah (laughs) i saw i saw him uh reply to a girl from america asking what kind of animals we have over here like australia has kangaroos she said the u.s has cows which i guess is true and then he said like britain doesn't have any animals at all and so i was like that's funny so i made my own video saying like i can assure you like as an american we really don't have any animals over here it's really weird and it's got like thirty-five thousand views um oh. which i i am yeah i know um hold your applause <laughs> but british people are really mad at me and i i don't think oh no i guess they didn't get some of them didn't get the joke um and they're like this dumb American needs to be punched. She needs to go home. You stupid American. You miss your gun. Yeah. So what, what didn't they like about it? I I think they thought it was earnest and it was not earnest Mm. because obviously there are animals over here. I want me to be clear. The animals are bad. Um, they're not as good as american animals and um usa 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 but um, (laughs) yeah yeah so so yeah yeah exactly so i think 
just the internet is mostly the people who will interact with with stuff that you put out there like i never i never find something on the internet and if i maybe really like it i'm compelled to tell the person it usually doesn't happen but it's always people that like hate view like hate read your your simpsons blind date (laughs) (laughs) uh, script that are like i have to tell this person that they're a piece of shit and it's like no you don't (laughs) (laughs) no you can you can you can read something and be like i didn't enjoy that and then just move on yeah you're not getting anything from people are so quick to to hate comments and stuff and you're but you're not what are you getting from that you're not getting anything from that it's just yeah. a, it's absurd to me yeah 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 so um yeah again yeah i think that's that's the end of my anecdote i would just find a find find somebody who can appreciate your your art andrew I, i'll read your i'll read us a, a, a bad ableist <laughs> yeah i'll send i'll like i'll send it to you i'd like film it like, like a, uh we can make it we can make a tiktok out of it yeah um but but uh in speaking of things you could hate listen to let's start the episode okay click <laughs> you bought me like two years ago but i just remembered that it's sitting in the closet so i called you up just to tell you i've been meaning to listen to that i've been meaning to listen to that why don't you come over and talk about it Sorry, got like uh, in in between that theme song, uh, I just got a glass of I got some water, and uh, my trainer, my like you know the person, my health specialist said to drink a lot more water. And yesterday, in the middle of a job interview, I peed my pants <laughs> in the middle of like. Is this real? So, is that real? That's real. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Okay. Uh, I wait. <laughs> so like a little bit of pee because like that happens. Okay. So uh, like uh, it's like a job like. So it wasn't a job interview, like a face to face one. I would have like excused myself. I was like, I gotta go. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I just, but I just it was assumed, a phone yeah. interview. It was a phone interview, and I drank like three Voss waters, like those Voss containers, because I think the I don't have like I don't buy individual Vosses, but I had like a Voss bottle of water. And I yeah, the yeah. You buy cool. one fancy bottle yeah. and then yeah. you use it a thousand times. And, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I did that. And then I, uh, you know, I peed before I had the interview and then it was a 30 minute interview. And then like, so I was like, she was talking and like, I, I guess I could like in hindsight, look in hindsight, I could have muted myself and went to the bathroom while she was talking. Uh, but then there's that possibility of she asks you a question while you're peeing and then you got to hold it back. And then it's like unmute. Andrew, Andrew. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, uh, hang on. Sorry, yeah. misconnection. We're going through a tunnel. And there's some like <laughs> reverb in the <laughs> bathroom. And, uh, yeah, she's like, where yeah, are you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, so I peed at myself a lot, and it was really like, <laughs> it was really bad. It was like one of the most, one of the more humiliating things that I've ever. I don't think she heard, but because I was like, it was down my leg mostly, but it was like a lot. It was like 32 ounces Can of I, like water. Did you happen to mention this podcast by chance? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I did. <laughs> I mentioned Well, like, she's going to listen. Um, oh, so, cool. by the way, so, um, uh, but welcome to the sh- Welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as conduit to learn about each other and our guests. And 
uh, I'm Andrew Ambrosley. I'm Sean Wilkinson. I'm Sean Wilkinson. And, uh, we got, <laughs> uh, and Michael can uh, be here today, so fuck him. Yep. Uh, he sucks. <laughs> He's a bad guy. Um, but no, just kidding. We love you. Um, but to be fair, Sean, I made that same joke when you were. I wonder. Yeah. Enough, so. I was just yeah. wondering. Yeah, we got a very special guest today. Uh, she's the host of Snatch Talk and Crazy Makers. It's Carly Mantel. <laughs> Yay! It's me. Well, like it, it, whoever's editing it, like had my audio going uh, <laughs> left and the right, like a Frank Ocean <laughs> album. Uh, <laughs> um, but hey, Carly, welcome to the show. Thank you for so much for doing this. We, um, you know, I've been listening to your show and, uh, you know, I reached out to you and just like to gush about how I was enjoying the episodes and stuff like that. And then we became internet friends and then hopefully real friends, real life <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'll be um, you can fax me over your application and I will review it post haze. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I was uh, interviewing to intern at uh carly's like podcast internship thing um but like uh, <laughs> yeah it's on page welcome unpaid. to this <laughs> yeah welcome to the show uh really quickly before um to like introduce yourself uh could you tell us a little bit about your two shows and like you know for people who might not know and people who would be interested in listening if they like you already uh, yeah if you if you don't like me um fuck off um yeah so <laughs> uh, i really like podcasts um so i decided to start two in 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 lockdown because the world needed more podcasts more free content um mm-hmm. so my first podcast snatch the beast. Talk, yeah exactly i just keep tr- it's churning it out uh snatch talk I, I do with my my friend that i met through improv over here in london and chica mester um she's australian she's really funny um we were doing doing that millennial thing like we're having phone calls and talking and i think we are hilarious and so we should put it on the internet for people to listen to which is an insane narcissistic whatever um so so yeah that's snatch talk and then and then crazy makers is my uh we're i'm a little bit more i guess serious on crazy makers that's that's more my baby I'm mentally ill. I talk to mentally ill people. I talk to not mentally ill people about mental mental stuff. Um, yeah, and and usually we just we just talk about whatever. So, uh, especially in this very mentally ill time. Yeah. So and not it. like mental, like a cool like way. Like no, the, I'm not like yeah. that. Shit's mental, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, not in that cool way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, too, because this is like totally off topic. Um, <laughs> off topic. Because you're in Britain. I've In quarantine, I've been cutting my own hair. I learned to cut my own hair. Mm-hmm. I wow. cut it like a few days ago. And my friend over Zoom told me I looked like a proper British lad. Do I look like a proper British lad? <laughs> oh, I see. It's shaved at the sides. Yeah. Do they love that? I do. Okay. Over here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I think it looks good on you. It looks stupid oh. on a lot of people. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just like completely shaved. It's like kind of like a fade, but it's like a very, it's like a little, little mushroom boy. Yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah. yeah you do. You do look a bit British. Cool. Yeah. 
I, I was wondering, like, because I think you're such an incredible interviewer. Like, how do you approach interviewing? Um, you know, you've had guests like Kevin Porter and John Gabris and um, Edgar yeah, like Montplacier. Edgar Montplacier. Um, such a great guy. I was wondering, like, how you approach these interviews because it's such a vulnerable thing to talk about. Yeah. So usually, um, I just I just reach out and try to try to talk to people that I'm already like know about and and respect uh so i just reach out to people that that i like that i think are funny um so i kind of already have like a a little bit of a you know knowledge base about them i don't have to do too much research i have a like a list of points that i usually like to hit but usually i think crazy makers is my biggest scam to date because the guest does all the heavy Who are you, lifting. Lacey Mosley? Hi, Lacey. Come on my podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You, know, no. you come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah the, all the, the guest does all the heavy lifting. I can, you know, put in, uh, share my own personal experience here, here and there to try to m- mirror theirs and experience and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they come just open and and ready to talk, and the people that I talk to are interesting and funny and um i don't have to do a ton of work <laughs> i the, the talking part is easy this this part is easy what we're doing now is easy it's the uh it's the editing stuff that that <laughs> is bad yeah <laughs> are there um so are there ever any like instances of like topics being the guest doesn't want to talk about them or anything like that mm-hmm. so i try to i have kind of a, a policy like We'll talk about whatever, you know, if you don't want to talk about something, just tell me, I don't want to talk about that. It's fine. Right. Cut it out. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and I I also try to uh, send whoever's episode I'm releasing, I try, I try to send them a rough cut of their interview at least a few days before I put it yeah. out. I've had most, most people just say, no, fuck it. Just put it out. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said, I said what I wanted to say. And then I've had some people be like, can you, can you take out this, this part? And I'm like, Sure, that's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So can you, can you cut the part where I talk about drinking blood and stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah. No. Here's the thing. I'm sorry, it's, I it's a yeah. no. It's a no. Sh- no. No shame. No. No judgment. Unless you're like being racist. But I'm not gonna ask anybody on the show that I think is is like you know very ridiculous or or something like that. So, um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No judgment coming from me. Uh, I've I've had my fair share of things that i'm not too proud of or you know embarrassing embarrassing shit i haven't peed myself during a job interview (laughs) but uh (laughs) me neither (laughs) yeah i've peed a little bit (laughs) yeah how did you get to britain by the way like are you you're not it doesn't seem like you're from there (laughs) what if i I was like this is on accent no um I will like all this, this is my real voice. That'd be very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, like all good stories, it's it's a love story. My <laughs> cut that shit out. My husband, <laughs> my husband's English. Um, so wow. it was like, do we move over here or move to America? And we were like, over here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it seems to be the the good choice right now. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So I came over here for love i mean you're missing out on a lot of great stuff happening over here in the usa i know yeah yeah Yeah. um but i have i have a lot of man oh man (laughs) 
I watched I watched the news and I I just you know I love being the ambassador to America for yeah. every British person I talk to. It's very good. I love it. Definitely <laughs> keep asking me about what's going on in it's Florida. Healthy. Yeah, I definitely know everything about Georgia. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh still very yeah. It's it's weird. It's it's weird being an American that doesn't live in America anymore. Who knew immigrating would be hard? Yeah, I thought I was like I'm I'm white. This will be a piece of like it'll be so easy. <laughs> yeah. How, you you guys met like online or something like that? Like, well, yeah, or? we met we met on Tinder while he was hey. on vacation in on holiday. Yeah. He, sorry, yeah, he was on holiday. <laughs> just so you all understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was in Baltimore. I lived in Baltimore, and uh, the rest the rest is history. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of love stories, uh, Frank Ocean, Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. This week, uh, we're talking about Frank Ocean's Channel Orange, one of my big formative records, er, like early records, like before I really got into albums in general. Like I was listening to a lot of singles. I had like my uh, like my knockoff Zune that I had. I just filled with whatever, just like any song I've ever heard, the hundred songs I've ever heard in my life. I just put it on there, and then you know, and also I would also like put on old episodes of The Simpsons and like Arrested Development and Community and stuff like that. And like there's like a very t- like a one two inch screen, and I would like you know listen to episodes while I was just walking around with my. Uh, rolly backpack that I had in high school. Oh, man. <laughs> um, what is your... Uh, so, Carly, you wanted to talk about this record. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the options you put out there. Like, what is your relationship to this record and to Frank Ocean? Yeah, so I think, I think like you, it was one of the first... I, I think it came out when I was a freshman in college, and uh, it's one of the first, the first uh, albums that I listened to, and I was like, oh man, like this is something special and like I'm ahead of the curve and like I'm very cool for, I'm like a cool girl for listening yeah. to this. Yeah. Um, like what? Do you, what's your favorite musician? Frank Ocean? Ugh. Like, yeah, just like. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know stuff and you're like connected to your whatever. Yeah, yeah. so um, I don't know. And it's it's just, it's a good, it's good for walking around. It's good for laying in bed. It's good for shower music. It's like good for everything i feel like and um yeah it was one of the uh when i lived in america i had a car but it was from 2005 so i didn't have it was that unfortunate year where there's no cassette deck to uh there's no cassette player to to plug in your phone to Mm -hmm. with one of those thingies and there's no aux cord so Mm -hmm. i had a six disc cd cd player yeah. yeah so i uh that was one of my albums in the car so Listen to this like over and over and over again. That and like Jagged Little Pill. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great album. If you ever come back, we could talk about that. Um, But like, uh, yeah. Like, what about you, Sean? Like, what what is your relationship to Frank Ocean? Um, I don't have too much of a, like, I don't I don't have too much of a relationship with Frank Ocean. I the first I heard about him was from my brother. And I truly don't remember how long ago that was. It uh well it must have been when he put out um Bean Wilkinson by the way Bean. is his brother yeah Bean <laughs> I'm seeing Bean, Bean Bean and Seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, no it must have been when he put out um what's it called Nostalgia Ultra 
That's right. When, yeah, because yeah, I remember my brother would play um, Novocaine, like, nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, oh, this is what is cool right now. Like, I like this because he likes it. And, uh, yeah, he was he had pretty good taste because Frank Ocean is pretty great. And uh, I remember seeing Frank Ocean on SNL and when he did Thinking About You. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm very attracted to this man because we're doing that falsetto and the like the aesthetic with the video games in the background. I was like, I love everything about this. Yeah. Yeah. And but it was still one of those things like I was talking to Andrew about this beforehand, how at the time I never like listened to albums all the way through. I just did singles. And so I never gave like Channel Orange a full chance. I just listened to Thinking About You, um, Forrest Gump, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um. But that's about the extent of my Frank Ocean knowledge, really. I've heard a little, I've heard a few songs off uh, Blonde, but other than that, haven't really dived deep into him. So, how how do you guys feel about like if you're if you like an artist, you have to listen to the album all the way through, like in the order that they they put it in. Because I I try to I, do that. I feel like I'm like respecting the art. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like I'm gonna listen to this in the in the way that you picked because you picked it for a reason and you know all that stuff. Do you guys do that? I mean, you listen to albums every week now, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I try. So I to be like like I collect records, and so I I like that format because you're kind of forced to listen to the album all the way through, and I do feel like you kind of. Well, if it's a good album, you get a better understanding of what they're trying to say and the album as a whole. So I, I try to listen to them, you know, top to bottom, but sometimes you got to skip around and... Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's okay. Really oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not like bashing really? anybody who, you know, yeah. only listens to... It, it really depends on the artist, truly, because Frank... So channel, the story behind Channel Orange is track listing is that Frank recorded... And rewrote this album in two weeks, first of all. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And then he he wrote them. He had the specific order of them. He had it all planned out from the very beginning. So he just saw it, you know. And then he recorded them in order. So it feels very deliberate. This feels very... And it flows together so incredibly. But some artists, like, they don't... They either are like... They record, like, Carly Rae Jepsen, for example, like, she records 200 songs, or, like, you know, comes up with, like, 200 song ideas, and then narrows it down to 15 or something like that. And she's, like, kind of, like, just, like, okay, I think this would go good after this. This is kind of, like, more of a collage mm-hmm. than, like, uh, okay, this is your experience. And But she's creating an experience right. that way, too. But, like, I think, like, with Frank Ocean, I had, like, and generally I'm in the in the mindset of just, like, even if a song's not great i still like kind of like it for the experience of it Mm -hmm. you know like if songs i still try to like not skip it but that being said like i obviously i'll just like songs i like i'll just listen to over and over and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think i think like if i if i just um if i find a new artist and i like them and and i listen to a song and I, i like that song i try to listen at least to the album it's on once all the way through yes to like get the whole thing and then of course there's like make playlists and, and stuff i'm not a monster i'm not like <laughs> yeah no yeah yeah, yeah no I'll, yeah. I'll try to listen to the album at least once all the mm-hmm. way through and yeah. then depending on how i feel about it just come back to certain songs so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i feel you and there will always be like usually with records like any good record there's always at least 
a few songs, like at least three or four songs that go so well together mm-hmm. that like I kind of like listen to. Maybe I listen to those four over and over again. Sure, yeah. Um, you mean like solely order. based on the sequence they're in? Yeah, like Phoebe Bridges. I've been listening to like just like you know, um, what's it called? Like uh, like Moon Song, just like a Chinese the, the middle half yeah. of that, the middle part of that record. I've been listening to a lot because that's the most potent stuff. Yeah, and it's just like ooh, just insert that into my veins, kind yeah. of <laughs> vibe, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Frank Ocean is a very special artist to me. I he was going to be on our March Moodiness uh, competition, but I was like, I don't know if he's going to win, you know, so like might as well. Like, um, and you know, he's only had a few records, too. Like, mm-hmm. so um, just any chance to talk about him, I'll take up, up. Basically, he's like a very special artist to me because he to me is like the soundtrack to a lot of unrequited love, a lot of like instances of happiness and like you know requited love being within grasp but not quite attaining it and i remember for example like so this this came out in high school i was like i had this crush on this girl in high school and uh, it was like a very young you know high school crush you know and i was like feeling more i was kind of like feeling pretty bummed out about that Mm -hmm. and i listened to this one a lot and I, sh- I think I showed her one of these songs and she was like, oh, it's not quite my thing. Ooh. And then like four years later, I, you know, fell in love with this other person. And then it was like a really rough time and stuff like that. That didn't quite work out. And then Blonde dropped around that era. You know, mm-hmm. Blonde dropped around that time. And it was really like that was like really healing. And that was like just like perfectly timed. It Like it. I, I know he doesn't know me. He, Frank doesn't know me. He doesn't. But it felt very like, oh, he knew, you know, yeah, like he's speaking he to knew you. When to, exactly. Exactly. And then now he's like he's his thing is like he's a recluse. He's kind of he's like kind of this, this guy who doesn't like to he wishes he said in an interview he wishes he kind of did a death punk thing and didn't show his face mm. or like Orville Peck kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the idea of like he only releases music when it's time basically you know and when when it's like finally ready or something like that and then recently his brother passed away like in a car accident and so yeah it's like so i can't imagine the amount of grief he's going through right now and like the amount of like i don't want to speak for him but like if i was in a situation like music would not be my priority you know so it's like it's unknown if you'll release a record anytime soon so like having and like going through like more heartbreak now (laughs) getting a chance to revisit this record channel orange it's very i'm recognizing how you how not only this eight record has aged so well this record has aged incredibly but also the fact that high school heartbroken me could not even comprehend like some of the emotions he's talking about and like maybe maybe that will like grow even more as i grow older or as i like develop as i like experience more requited love or i experience more of life and stuff like that right um but yeah this is this record is very special this record is very special to me it means a lot so uh what what do you guys feel are some of the themes of this record though i mean themes i yeah oh go ahead sorry oh I was just opening my mouth. Well, no, he has a lot of songs about on this record about um, fame and its effect on you and, you know, 
being around people who have excess excess wealth and how it can either destroy you or you know make you happy or what they think is happy so yeah i guess just looking at fame and wealth is a is a big theme of this album yeah as far as themes go i'm just i'm more of a feeling type person (laughs) (laughs) and i love any kind of media whatever it is a movie music whatever that just feels like like a punch in the gut (laughs) i love that i love that stuff i love to i love to uh consume something and like beyond the i don't know like the verge of tears uh, that's something that's wrong with me <laughs> yeah. wrong with that. no but it's just and, and no, there's anything wrong with that <laughs> yeah the, the money and fame thing uh, like i have no money and i'm not famous but like still these songs like like super rich kids and stuff it's mm. still it still like resonates with me somehow yeah yeah very good mm. But also, I think it's like, so he talks about like a lot of like, you know, Super Rich Kids is obviously obviously about this, you know, affluent child who like is like very depressed and very unhappy um, with his life. But also like crack rock. I feel like when an album is like, I'm going to tell a story about everybody, I'm going to, they usually fall on their face and it's Mm -hmm. bad. Um, But I I feel like this does a pretty great job with that, like of just telling more stories than his own kind of evermore does that a little bit. Taylor's new record does that a little bit too, but the idea of everyone is deserving. Everyone is going through hardship. Everyone is like with super rich kids. You tend like, there's like a little bit like there's the instinct to like kind of scoff at it. Like, ugh, his problems aren't that bad, you know? Mm Like he's rich. You're like, well, there are people more deserving of our empathy and stuff like, which is, there's truth to that. But the idea of like, he, that kid wasn't born. That kid didn't choose his parents. Right. You know, and he doesn't deserve, just because he has affluence doesn't mean he deserves to be neglected. And like, doesn't mean that like, you know, his suicidal like thoughts aren't valid and stuff like that. So right. it's just like, and just also, um, you know, but then on the other side of the spectrum like crack rock is about a person at rock bottom and like who's alienated his family and his loved ones because of his drug addiction and like that person is deserving of love and empathy too you know yeah was was Mm -hmm. crack rock is that the one is that about his grandfather or is it about someone he like it's like kind of based off of his grandfather so his grandfather was a you know a drug addict when he was like um, when he had his mother. So like his grandfather viewed Frank as like a second chance to be a good parent. Okay. So like he got clean and he was like leading AA meetings or something like that. Like, you know, right. narcotics anonymous. And like, he like kind of cleaned himself up over time, but hmm. just like hearing stories of just, he like, I, I think he told BBC that he was brought to meetings and got to hear these cr- like awful stories Dang. and okay. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's just uh, like with that song in particular, uh, it still it still really hits me. But like, I mean, I've never done crack, but I'm like crack, 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 crack. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So so it's just like yeah, it's it's so it it gets really specific, but somehow it's still so universal. I don't know. Good job yeah. for good good job, Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah, Your and that's 2012 like... album Channel Orange is good. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think he, he's he could finally rest now. He's like, oh, <laughs> like he's just like a li- huge weight has been lifted <laughs> off his shoulders. Like these three losers <laughs> said his album's good. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. But like the idea. Of, OK, so it's not just the universality of like different types of people like he tells stories about. But I view it as like the universality of uh, heartbreak and unrequired love and depression and things like that. And the so um, the idea was Frank Ocean, you know, he's a queer he's a queer artist. Like he's like uh, he talks about in his uh, open letter about falling in love with, with the man. Like mm-hmm. his first true love was with the man. I think like, you know, there's such a stigma. And I th- I definitely was, you know, I think I was like I was still unlearning stuff in high school and stuff like that. This really unlocked it opened that up of just like, oh, this is like this person gets it. You know, this person gets what I'm feeling like this, this high schooler, you know, who's had his heart broken. Like, yeah. and I connect with this, you know, I don't, it really like and really like kind of s- started that motion, I guess, of just like more acceptance and stuff, especially uh, I mean, is this hip hop? It's like an R&B, yeah, R&B but it's probably. like in it's hip hop adjacent though. Like it's yeah, yeah, and I mean it helps that he's such like a like genius when it comes to his art. Um, but but yeah, just having someone who's I guess so famous and so visible. Well, maybe not so visible now, but um, yeah, just openly talk about that kind of stuff, especially in like I don't know. When did he release that open letter? When was that? Like a, like a week before. He came out with the record, yeah. you know, so basically oh, okay. what so, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like 2012. Like, I don't know. People were I, I, still making jokes of being like, that's so gay. Like while I was in high school. Yeah. So like it's still fucking shitty. Yeah, it's really important. I think that's one thing I really liked about him, too, was like seeing him on SNL. I was still like a closeted kid. And so to see like a confident black man talk about you know being queer and like singing with a falsetto and just really being open with his feelings was really eye-opening for me at the time so i think he's pretty revolutionary just in that aspect too so what i i think like you know because he makes very few references to like and the thing is he also defies that label complete a little bit of just like when gq asked if he was bisexual he was like please move on to the next question. Like I'm just giving you the music. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving you porn or anything like that. This is like, I want to, I defy that label, you know, basically. So, but what he's presenting though, is just this universal story of falling in love with a man in his youth who they connected so much. They connected um, to a profound level that he has never experienced before. And then when Frank told his, you know, friend how he felt, he could never take that back. And it would take only it would take three years later before um, his friend admitted that it's the same. Basically, mm. the line that really gets me is the the idea like I felt like I only imagined reciprocity for years. That is that fucks with you. That fucks with your self worth. That fucks with like your intuition of just like. Oh, I felt this strong about this person, but I guess I was fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, I guess I was a dumb shit for thinking that, uh, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a real one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the but then like the idea of channel orange orange he says he describes it as like when i he has synesthesia and like when i think of that summer i think of the color orange and he wrote in his open letter i will try to channel overwhelming emotions i wanted to create worlds that were rosier than mine i've one by the way i totally recommend people read this fucking thing this letter i haven't haven't read it since it for yeah i don't think i read it exactly when it came out but once i listened to the album and realized that there is like this accompanying you know piece uh yeah, yeah i should read it again yeah it's it's great it's like it's so well written and it's like you know just like I, at the time i didn't appreciate it for what it was but like just the idea of just like so with this record he he made these two records you know nostalgia ultra and channel orange very quickly because he was just trying to keep busy. He was trying to channel these feelings he was feeling and make something beautiful and constructive and helpful and therapeutic for himself Mm -hmm. and universal for others. Frank strikes me as a person who really takes their time to think about what they're going to say and what they're going to put out into the world. And it really makes their words hit harder and connect with you a little bit more and... I just I really appreciate that about artists when they really they don't put stuff out just for putting stuff out. They make it meaningful and put their time into it. And I really like that about him as well. So, yeah, this is I this is why I have so much respect for people that don't have like Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, they're not just spewing I, information. Out. It's I know that's like a very low bar, but but yeah, there is something because uh you know, any kind of content or art, like even, even my podcast, like it's, it's deliberate, but like, Mm. I kind of just like put it all out there. It's not really like a curated, you know, thing. And I think it's uh, really special to have something that you work on for so long and it's, it's curated and, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I love that he's not on, on Twitter, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, but also like he's, yeah. It's it's rough, too, because he's developed the privilege to not be on Twitter by being let's like that's something I kind of like want to like kind of work towards is just like being being successful enough to like not have to be on Twitter to like yeah, promote being, yourself. Being so prolific that you don't <laughs> have to be yeah. like, hey, listen to this thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you haven't forgotten I exist, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, move on to highlights, lowlights, and our thoughts on the record right after this break. And we're back here to talk about Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Are you allowed and... to just play the song like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I think it's like, if you play less than 15 seconds, it's okay. But okay. like, uh, but welcome back to the show. Let's go through some, uh, let's just get it right into it. Uh, let's do some highlights. Carly, what was a highlight for you? Like what track like, wise. I. Not uh, field wise. <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> Forrest, I... That was mental. <laughs> That's mental, mate. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my not new catchphrase. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> not funny. Um, yeah, there's yes. so. It's, it's it's mostly. Uh, I could talk about John Mulaney for hours. <laughs> it's, 
It's mostly um, it's mostly all high. Bye bye the cow. <laughs> and this word associating John Mulaney though. Um, by the way, we hope he we hope he recovers okay. Anyways, okay, I'll go. I'll go with Lost track eleven. Hmm. I think. Oh. Yeah, I just think. Um, I like it where it goes like. Wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when and you then listen. The track ends when you listen to it with uh, when you listen to this whole thing with with headphones on. It's very, it's very good. It's very like, yeah. I don't know the audio left, to right. It goes like, wah, wah, oh wah, yeah, wah, yeah, the panning, <laughs> yeah, yeah, panning, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, especially, especially with that one. And that one's just, um, yeah, I know, I know, lyrically and, and meaning wise, it's probably really sad, but it's like also <laughs> a little bit of a groove. It's a little bit of a groove. It's yeah, very so. funky. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's funky. I like it. <laughs> Frank Ocean, Frank Ocean, your song "Lost" from Channel Orange is good. So that's my that's yeah. that's my first highlight. Do you want me to keep going or no? Let's talk. Let's talk about "Lost" a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, first of all, I like the smoke monster. Those, I like that part. Uh, that's a whole. Uh, I could I could talk about "Lost" for hours. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like, uh, what's it called? Like, "Lost" is great. I. It's like. Um, Lyrically, it's about like a drug mule couple. It's basically like, you know, this guy like leading this woman down this path of just like selling drugs and stuff like that. And then like trying to convince himself one day you'll be whipping meals for a family of your own. But right now there's nothing wrong with just flying around like selling drugs and like kind of like. But he's like in denial, basically. Mm. Um so it's like it's sad. It's like that's just his gifting. It's just like <laughs> putting these sad stories in like these little novellas into these like po- like poppy songs and stuff like that. And like songs that still sound good that you could listen to passively or aggressively. <laughs> I guess, or whatever, you know? Well, you said he did you so, say he wrote this in this album in like two weeks? Basically. Yeah, that's crazy because these yeah. are all like very well-developed songs Mm -hmm. it's yeah why i think he just saw it yeah yeah like i would read i would read the the book just about this you know based on the song it's very i Mm -hmm. mean yeah it's crazy yeah but but it's also like it's you know it's about a a drug mule and a very fraught relationship and everything but then it's like i'm dancing in my car i'm dancing in my again you have to stop just playing the songs i don't yeah uh <laughs> yeah. what about you sean well what's a highlight for you like well obviously thinking about yeah um i don't know why i said it like that thinking i think it's about, you yeah. it's pronounced you think about <laughs> thinking about yeah <laughs> no because that was the first frank ocean song i pretty well no it was the second one after novocaine but yeah. that was the first one where i was really like oh i really like this guy and uh i think just the strings after or underneath everything is really nice and it's just a very sweet song and his falsetto is so good yeah and i just that's i mean that's about the extent of it like it's just a really beautiful song really beautiful love song so but even this, like, so this is, is, like, probably the most, like, you know, just, like, a path, like, a more, like, mainstream listener. I don't want to, like, who cares? But, like, the the idea is, like, a more, like, lower common denominator listener mm-hmm. could enjoy this song. Yeah. But the idea of, but even this song is deep. Even this song, like, 
Just like the uh, him saying a tornado flew around my room before you came. Excuse the mess I made. Mm-hmm. Usually doesn't. So he's lying. He's the 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 premise of the song is he's lying to cover up his feelings. And just like that's why he's like saying there's beachfront property I could sell you in Idaho and stuff like that. So he's like equating like covering his feelings to like these white lies and these tall tales that he's doing. And then the bridge is him going, yes, of course, I remember. How could I forget? You know, Mm. how how could I forget? Like, how could this not mean something to me? I am like getting teared. I'm getting like teary, like just thinking about it. It's the idea of just like. But, like, when you're heartbroken or when you experience some version of uh, unmet love, it, again, it makes you question everything. And it makes you, the instinct is to go, yeah, it's fine. I, um, yeah, you're, you, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't mean it. Yeah, I didn't mean it. Like, kind of yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. And just like, like you said, it's falsetto. And just like, mm-hmm. but then just being met with, or do you not think so far ahead? Or do you not even, or does do these tapestries I create and these dream worlds I imagine for us don't even exist for you? Yeah, that's gutting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, again, it's just it, so good. Yeah. I, I'm like not. I'm, I'm like not adding anything. I'm like, yeah, no, you're great. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, that's what I needed back in like you know high school when I wrote that script. Just like some person going, yeah, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I never. I didn't really think about the song like that. I just thought of it as like a straight up like oh i'm really thinking about yeah like i've got you on my mind like i yeah yeah i i love this record i i could talk about all of these songs um but i love seeing I guess, how like you love for this i think it's really yeah it's really cool because i want to say forest come for the end because that's my favorite one okay. um what yeah what what about you carly like i guess like the thing is like because i love all these songs so like i could <laughs> sure. like just like kind of provide supplemental in, and also like to be fair i listen to dissect the podcast about this record so that's why i know so much mm-hmm. about it um so it's not that like i'm just some like i i can't claim all this information for myself like that mm-hmm. i just like thought of these things sure um but like what about you what's another highlight for you carly yeah so there's um there's a couple songs that are like not not song length like i think the um the one lyric like over and over again when I when I think about this song it's from like fertilizer like I'll take bullshit if that's all you've got and I'm like yeah. oh yeah I will take bullshit if that's all you've got <laughs> <laughs> so again like yeah it's just it's just hitting me and that's only that, uh, like I'm looking at it now it's just like 40, 40 seconds. seconds but I'll like listen mm-hmm. to that over and over again so yeah. it's again Frank, I love what you're doing. <laughs> Keep it up, bro. <laughs> Frank, I don't know if people have told you this. You're really talented. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like the um the one of the other conceits of this record is like it's flipping through the channels. And mm-hmm. he talks about like having like the you know, with these songs, like the some a lot of these songs are not about him, you know, and like having the an- anonymity of a director of just like, you know, I want to I want to tell these stories, but please don't just assume because I'm singing it's me, you know, all the time. Right. Um, but like he's still like putting but like like a good director, he puts his feelings, channels his feelings into these characters and stuff like that uh, so that that's the way he could be more honest. But like the idea also of Frank 
kind of like it kind of reminds me of just like someone with ADHD, just like their ADHD adult mind of just adult. But like the idea of just like flipping through channels and just like going like, OK, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about this. And just like kind of there's a good like he does a really nice job, too, of tying the songs together, not just like thematically, but lyrically like there's a lot of references to fruit throughout the songs and i love like little things like that that are like spliced in the lyrics that tie songs together um like in sweet life i think he mentions like in the chorus about like he's like naming off some different fruit or something i could be getting the song wrong oh no he goes like mangoes peaches and lies yeah yeah (laughs) mangoes peaches and lies yeah (laughs) Yeah. a little bit (laughs) but yeah he does like and then like in a few other songs he will occasionally like throw in like different fruits and stuff and I just I think it's a really nice way to tie kind of everything together without you yeah. kind of like realizing it essentially. So I, I the mm. whole the whole album is like a stream of consciousness, but it's like it's like not smarter than that. But you, there, there are mm. there are those things that it's like every every time you listen to it, you can be like you can notice something new. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which also makes it like the two week production, like even more impressive to me. Yeah, that's like annoying now. It like takes yeah. me <laughs> two weeks to do my laundry. Like I've been working on a song for like two years. <laughs> but yeah. like he wrote it in two um he wrote it in two weeks, but like the the making of the record took like a year. But that's still sure. really impressive. Yeah, like, I mean still, still like, way, yeah. Like that's like but like uh, like nine months he wrote, recorded and like did the production and stuff. Um, but like even like white, which is like, that was a track I used to like kind of like loop and like try and fall asleep to. Um, Mm -hmm. but like the idea of just like, let's take it, let's just take a break. (laughs) Let's take a little break, you know, just like what, let's have some white noise. Like, let's have some John Mayer easy listening in there. Just like him going, (laughs) I did. I kind of wanted like a big old John Mayer guitar solo, but I also feel Uh like it would have taken away from like the point of the song. But I, exactly. I, uh, and he's like talking about like eating someone out. Um, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't realize that John Mayer was, was listed on this record until Mm. I listened to it again this week. Yeah. Because he doesn't, he just plays the guitar, which I mean, like cool, but, um, but it's like not even his like most impressive guitar playing either. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. He does more impressive guitar playing in the music video and the SNL mm. performance, you know, but like he's not showing off here. He's just like contributing to the mood. Super Rich Kids. Great song. You know? Yeah. I love I love how it utilizes the piano as like a percussive instrument. Obviously, piano is a percussive instrument, but even more so. The thing about his production, it's very layered, but it doesn't feel crowded at all. Like even Sierra Leone is like everything's going on but like you could hear everything cohesively and it makes sense you know and like it's it's eliciting a cinematic feeling of giving birth and like you know having sex Mm -hmm. and all that stuff um i just like the and the like the piano bass and drums all being synced up together and but like it being kind of like plotting just kind of like jerky feel it to it it's like you're dragging your feet through the mud kind of and uh also, that's what I really liked about the Earl Sweatshirt feature is like I have this association with Earl Sweatshirt of his beats being really heavy. And like you said, like you're like kind of plotting through. And uh, yeah. so I thought the feature was like just it felt perfect. His assonance, basically, like the his use of assonance in the song mm-hmm. uh, 
We are the Zanny Nash and Caddy Smash and Braddy. Yes, he uses shit for da- batting practice. Just like the <laughs> idea of just like all ah sounds. Yeah, like, it just sounds so great, and it's just like it. It's like he's he's such a incredible artist, yeah. um, too. And he could and he helps out with the song. Just like you know, another like the idea of just like Poppy did latchkeyed us. Like he uh, he basically abandoned us to like cheat on his wife and like you know. Mm-hmm. And his mom is like kind of done with him, and just like he's just he, th- his parents are just like here, like leave us alone, like here, you know, do whatever you want, just like don't involve us, and that's not a way to raise a kid. That that'll fuck a kid up, right? You know, right? Yeah. Someone, uh, I don't know if it was on YouTube or something, but someone said that the beat reminds them of Benny and the Jets. Yeah. And now I can't like unhear. Oh it. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm yeah, sure it yeah. was inspired by that. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Sean? What's another highlight? Like I like uh, I think it's mostly highlights for me, honestly. But uh, I have a, I have a few lowlights, by the, by the way. So if you don't want to talk about Forrest Gump yet, I won't mention that. But we could do it. I mean, that's a, that's a great one. Um, no, I mean, I really liked most of the songs on the album. I like Sweet Life just again because of the idea of you know it's not all about money and possessions. And but uh, I also like just a lot of the interludes on this album. Like again. The um, what's it called? Not about money or mm-hmm. not just money. Yeah. Where it's just I think Frank's friend like recorded a conversation his mom was having with him. And yeah. I was like, oh, this fits very well on the album. And again, it's a nice little break. Super short, but just kind of hammers home that same idea about money and all that yeah. jazz. And the idea and also about perspective of to the to the kid. It's more about money is disappoint like the difference between going to prom and disappointing your girl. Yeah. But then for a parent, it's whether we get to have food on the table. Yeah. You know, whether, you know, I don't have money, I have bills to pay, you know, just like and like a kid's perspective is so like much smaller. And then that's like kind of the that's kind of like what Frank's going through getting at with this whole record. It's just like, look at these perspectives, you know, right. Look at the perspective of like a drug addict, like, like walk a mile on someone's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carly, you have any other highlights? Like, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, I like, um, I mean, pilot Jones is, is good. I mean, I just, I just oh. like saying, Pilot Jones, Pilot Jones. <laughs> That's a, it's just it's just so good. Um, you know, Pink Matter with with Andre three thousand. Mm, like there, that was nice. there, there are um, yeah, just I guess there's three features on this album with with other people, and I think especially now with so uh, there's like I feel like so many collabs with like mm-hmm. songs and singles and stuff that's released now. Like again, like these. Three like Earl Sweatshirt, John Mayer, and Andre Three Thousand. Like they, they're like very deliberate choices, and I feel like yeah, they it, you can't you can't have the track like without them. So yeah, yeah, it feels like he wasn't doing it because like okay, this will drive up market sales. Right, this yeah. will or like it'd be cool to co- collaborate with Cardi B or whatever. Yeah, um, not no knock to Cardi B by the way because <laughs> she's great, but the yeah. idea of just like because like. He's not doing it because it's like popular. He's doing it because it enhances the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, and um, I really like pyramids, too. <laughs> yeah. P- P- Pilot Jones, Pilot Jones and pyramids. Uh, that's just 
again i'm just looking at i have the lyrics pulled up for super rich kids it's so long i don't think you you realize that that it's so there's just like so much writing that's that's gone into this and that's yeah. fit into a well, i guess that's a five minute song but again. are you on uh are you on genius yeah have you did you see that like the comments at the very bottom it was like a friend of frank's wrote it apparently and was talking about the actual like meaning behind this song and reading it i was like fuck this is so yeah. sad jesus yeah. so what do you say like it's, what was it just what he said like uh basically like hey i'm a friend of frank's uh this album isn't about frank necessarily it's about a friend a mutual friend of ours who was suffering from drug addiction and like ended up overdosing and so he like in the comments he like ties all these different um like lines in the song to like oh that was when the paramedics tried to give him like mouth to mouth and stuff and it didn't work and i'm just like jesus christ yeah yeah and just like again it's just like this person is deserving of empathy too you yeah know? Mm. this person is like he's a kid and like he's like there's a line that's really really like there are a few lines in that like First of all, I like that it like switches from like too many balls of this wine. Mm -hmm. We can't pre like him doing a narration kind of and like a judgment. But then when he's like singing, like he is first person like this is me, you know. And then the idea there's like two lines where he's like, I say I jump like laughing with my friends. I say I jump. I never do. But like he's joking about suicide. He's joking about. But like, well, yeah, no. And I feel like that's a really great deliberate choice as opposed to like using, using first person perspective as opposed to third yeah. person really. Cause if you're, if he was singing about someone, I don't know. I don't know if it would have hit quite as hard, but hearing it from like Frank ocean or even just from like reading it from our own perspective, it's like, this is a really shitty situation and you yeah. kind of feel like you have more em empathy towards them or sympathy, I guess. I'm not sure which one, but uh, yeah. So I like, I like the idea or the, choice to put it in the first person perspective so yeah, yeah and uh, just like as a um like a bit of a poetry nerd like when <laughs> when it's like the the chorus like it's with the very deliberate beat underneath it like he's it's written in like trochees instead of like we we speak like normally people speak in like i ams but mm -hmm. um it's written in trochees and that's like i feel like a I think it's a deliberate choice to just have like the stress and then un to start with the stress syllable. So it's like a, like a marching, like plodding along. And then, and then when he sings, it, it goes back to like regular speak. So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. Another, another cool Frank. You did it. <laughs> you did it. Frank, you got what it takes. Like, yeah. uh, my favorite, like Paul F. Tompkins, like, uh, you know, Instagram videos, him, like, him dubbing over like uh, Ray Liotta doing a Chantix commercial, <laughs> oh, yeah. and at the end he's like, oh, "Chantix, great, yeah. you did it." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, uh, like uh, I'll just quickly go through my highlights yeah. then. Uh, Pyramids, great. Like uh, it's it's a it's a ten minute track that feels four minutes somehow to me. Um, <laughs> John's making a little duck face. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's fine. That's okay. What, what, let's let's hear from you. Like, what do you what do you mean? Well, uh, I like uh, okay. I like the subject matter. Like, I like the lyrics. I just the instrumental just like the part you were singing earlier. The da 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 da. It sounds very like, and I was really like trying to figure out a word to describe it, and I cannot put my finger on it. But it just sounds very cheesy to me. Sure. I don't know. Like the sound of the synth, I'm not a fan of. 
I don't know. Maybe it's just that part of the song because he kind of transitions later on. And I like the ending of the song better. But yeah, the, the first half, I was like, this isn't really doing it for me. Something cool that you might appreciate, Sean, like as like a sound nerd, mm-hmm. I guess, is the the um, note structure literally form pyramids. And like going up and down, up and down like pyramids. Sure. And like, that's like a, like, and just like, send the cheetahs on the loose. Like, it's kind of going up and down. Okay. And like, it looks like a pyramid. Like, he's like, fuck you, I don't care. Yeah. Like, oh, it did look like a triangle. But the idea of, um, <laughs> like what um, you don't under- I, no you don't understand <laughs> Rick and Morty to be fair you have to have a high IQ to understand Rick and Morty <laughs> no but like um, I agree if you I, that's my criticism I guess with the record is like a lot of it sounds a little synthetic sometimes you know I wish he kind of used in uh, even the live instrumentation like it feels like programmed drums or programmed um, trumpets and stuff like that I think is oh really sometimes you know uh, and like, especially with pyramids too, is like a very synthetic, synthy sounding song. Sure, you know. Yeah, I guess I tend uh, to lean towards like, like if I listen to like R and B or hip hop, I tend to lean more towards albums and songs that have like live instrumentation and like yeah. real drums and stuff, and like no nothing wrong with you know electro- electronic beats. <laughs> Kramer. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah it's just not I dated a high schooler <laughs> um but like um yeah it's just not for me i guess but that's fine yeah uh yeah i just like it i just like it cinematically i guess of just like it feels like back to the future too of just like there's always going to be some caricature there's always going to be archetypes that repeat themselves in history of just like it's the three archetypes are the pimp uh, the king and Cleopatra of the idea of Cleopatra cheats with uh, Samson, the pimp, basically, mm-hmm. and betrays the king. And then in the they then they like flash forward to like a future setting where it's like the pimp is Samson, basically. And he's like bragging about like owning Cleopatra, basically, and pimping her out. Right. And then the king is just like this, like he has to pay Cleopatra for her time now. And yeah. I just like I just think that's so cool. I just like cinematically and narratively, that's such a cool uh conceit for and just a bold first single too. You know, <laughs> just like here, fuck you. Was this, this a single cool. before uh I think like thinking about you leaked, but like uh oh, okay. is technically the first advertised single or something like that. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. 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 Especially <laughs> with a ten minute song too. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, it, I didn't know it was 10 minutes until you said that. I think it's because, I, I yeah, I'm used to just, like, listening to it start, this album start to finish, like, in my car. I, I don't, like, think of it like different tracks, I guess. But, yeah, it is 10 minutes. That is wild. Yeah. And, I, I mean, the whole album, honestly, like, it's an hour long, but it, it, it went by very fast. Mm-hmm. Like, the songs aren't too long, and it gives you a variety of songs that help it kind of, you process a little faster. So... I'll quickly go through my last two highlights. Like we we gotta like I gotta like zoom back a little bit. Bad religion is my favorite, one of my favorites. It's and it's the I think it's the quintessential unrequited love song. I think it's the and it's also a great you know song about queerness too. Of the idea of I, I don't remember that one too much. 
You don't remember that one? Uh, I'm listening um, to it right it's now. It's the linchpin of the record. I'm, it's I've, the most important, like one of the most important songs. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. I'm listening um, to it low, like right now. The notes are square in this one, Sean. <laughs> they make squares. <laughs> I'm not interested then. <laughs> it's an isosceles triangle. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he was a geometry major in college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the idea of bad religion is like Frank confessing, like Frank taking a taxi cab and like confessing these feelings to like this taxi cab driver and mm. him and like, you know, his unrequited love. He's comparing unrequited love to like being in a cult of like putting your adoration to a man who will poison you, you know, mm. giving your like, and that's like a cult, like Jim Jones or whoever, like he yeah. tricked his cult into like drinking Kool-Aid with cyanide. Right. And then just like, but then the idea of like him being so like him being like ashamed of his queerness that he can't even confess it to like anyone he knows. He's like, and then the idea of allow Akbar, like that bit, like, that is means God is greater, something like that. Right. And then Frank is like, don't curse me, you know? And then, like, uh, Frank trying to find, but, like, but boy, you need prayer. I guess it couldn't hurt me. Like, Frank trying to find solace in anything, mm. you know? That's a relatable feeling as a queer person, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like he was like I think he grew up religious he grew up with some religious background and maybe at this time he at least had some of that in him you know yeah so it was like very personal and like the build of the song the high note he hits but like he can't even bring himself to confess to this cab driver he can't even confess to him you know this stranger who will he'll never meet again yeah and it's just like unbearably like and it feels like the uh, when you're in that stage of heartbreak where you can't even like move and you're like having these repeating thoughts and these just like him saying, love me, love me, love me. Mm -hmm. I can't make him love me. Th fucking fuck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, uh, yeah. Last one I'll bring up is Forrest Gump. Uh, th uh, thank you for indulging me, the two of you, by the way. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> Forrest Gump is such a beautiful song. It's very simple. And, you know, obviously I loved it in high school and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's like obviously a song about acceptance and just like kind of taking the purity of loving someone and appreciating it. Mm -hmm. But also I recently watched Forrest Gump, um, not for this album, but just in general. <laughs> and I didn't remember Forrest Gump in high school. I didn't really watch. I don't really. But the move like... He's singing from the point of view of Jenny. Mm -hmm. He's singing from the point of view of Jenny. And Jenny is always in the movie Forrest Gump. She's always running away from Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is like offering like, I'll, I will love you, Jenny. I will be this undeniable. I, I, I have such unwavering love for you. And Jenny's like, I can't. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. But then just when she's away, you know, the idea of this song, or she's like thinking about Forrest Gump and that purity and just that she's thinking about him and like the the idea of jenny jenny's life was shit in that movie she, like yeah. the the moral of that movie was basically you well, the satirical edge of that movie is you have to be an idiot to like think america's great you have to be so stupid and like so like naive to you know and follow orders to like you know have a good life in america while jenny was challenging stuff and was puni constantly punished for that mm. so the idea of jenny having this awful life 
and then thinking back to Forrest Gump and then but not quite being able to connect anymore, not being able quite able to like that thinking about that really broke me. That really got me. And it made me think of the song as way sadder than it actually is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now I'm going to think of it that way. Yeah. I just recently um, listened to uh, Blank Check uh, recently uh, is doing a Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, that was the point David Sims made, like, about, like... Yeah. And just, just like... Because Forrest Gump, I feel like it is now is one of those, like, classics... I, I guess it's a classic, um, but there's so much like weird shit that happens in that movie <laughs> yeah. now that like now with this song, like it's a, it's a good song, but it's just a Forrest Gump is so weird. And I can't I can't detach like the weirdness of that movie from, sure. from this song now, like especially after <laughs> I listen to that podcast episode. And there's just like so much stuff that you you don't remember. And like this movie could never be made now. And it's like really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah, a- but- apparently like in the book, like Jenny didn't have this like super abusive like backstory like she does in the movie. So like obviously this this song is is written from from the Jenny of, of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's hard for me. It just seems like a weird with the rest of the album. I just feel like writing a song from the point of view from Jenny from Forrest Gump is like a weird choice. Like that. This is, <laughs> this is a strange choice. Yeah, I, 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 this it's not so much a low light, but. Because it's still a really good song, like I like it, but mm-hmm. just it, it, yeah, dissecting it a little bit, like I can't. It gets weirder and weirder for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I just maybe I just don't. Maybe I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> and I also I don't really get Forrest Gump either. <laughs> like yeah. the movie, <laughs> that's fine. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. The movie never clicked with me, but both of you are making me want to rewatch it again for different reasons. Yeah. So. <laughs> And they, but like I think the song like kind of dimensionalizes because that was a big problem with the movie was Jenny was just like this was constantly punished and that was fucked up. But like the idea of like I think this kind of dimensionalizing it a little bit. Yeah, too. that definitely helps because I I think it kind of brings her out of you know just like having a a woman in a movie as a plot device that just keeps getting like just like kicked so many times to just like mm-hmm. move for a story forward so yeah that's true yeah and just like the the idea that like she because she dies in the movie <laughs> at the oh, end yeah. and like the idea that she gets to die happy like it's like oh uh, and like just like i don't know it's uh, okay so the idea <laughs> like uh, let's go through low lights <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Only low light for me is monks. I think it's just like kind of. Oh. I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't get it. First of all, the story wise, I didn't understand what was going on. Wasn't it just um, about him, like basically, like kind of hooking up with a uh, like a groupie yeah. in a sense? Uh, yeah, and re- it's it like that's yeah, fine. I mean, kind of relating, you know, mu- the the relationship between musicians and uh, fans to you know religion and how we you know hold these musicians up on a pedestal and worship them to a sense is. Yeah. Just, I mean, what I took from it, but I like the sound of the or the song too. But yeah, it's it's not it's not as like I guess deep as as the rest of the album is, but I still like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, pyramids for me was not. It's I if maybe if it was shorter, I might be able to handle mm-hmm. it a little more. But yeah, it just wasn't for me the sound of it. But um, but I also like the perspective of looking at it as like a cinematic song, essentially. 
and then pilot jones i tend to i know carly you like that one i tend to kind of skip over that a little bit but other than that i really like the album as a whole yeah i just um the the uh what is it what is it the one with the one with john mayer white white yeah i just i just feel like as an interlude it's just kind of like an enough a big nothing (laughs) and especially because it's like john mayer is like a guitar god i guess i expect i don't know like something more especially since i didn't know it was even john mayer before like yesterday (laughs) yeah yeah no i felt the same same way initially where i was like i really if if you're gonna put john mayer on a track i really want him to like whale to rip yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um can, i think like i think the um because definitely in the music video and the snl performance john mayer gets to rip mm-hmm. at the end of pyramids mm, you know i think yeah. the song could have benefited from more because it was more in this in pyramids he also plays the guitar um but it was more mm. just like kind of mood setting yeah um but i wish he went like oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that I just wanted a little bit um, more of that. But I think that's like really the only low light for me. I like at at the end when he like literally closes the door. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK, so let's go through final thoughts and ratings. The way this works is we'll rate this record out of 10 uh, with, uh, you know, you know, a summation and uh, final thoughts. And so, Sean, we turn to you first. Um, listen, can I be frank with you guys? I'd swim across the ocean for this guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I think we won the Obi you know, for that joke. You know? uh, yeah, no, I really like this album. I was very, I was pleasantly surprised to come back to it. Because again, you know, I just heard like the singles from it and... I liked them, but I never went back and listened to the album as a whole. And so I'm glad, Carly, you picked this album because it gave me that opportunity to go back and listen. And I really like it. And I'm going to go through, like, I'm going to listen to Blonde now. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've just, you've kind of sparked my my love for Frank Ocean again. So that's cool. Um, So I'm going to give it uh, eight Joyrides and Daddy's Jaguar out of ten. Carly, we turn to you now. Yeah, again, um... I love I love this album. It's very good. It puts me back in my 2005 Toyota Corolla in, in <laughs> Baltimore. Um, so that's that's a place I miss. I, I love that. Um, it's it's good. Again, you can listen to it on the bus, on the train, in the shower, crying in your bed, crying on the couch, <laughs> crying outside, crying you on know. a train, crying <laughs> in a car, exactly. Crying in your 2005 Corolla or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> that's the exactly. Dr. Seuss book, right? <laughs> and um and and uh i just you can listen to it uh of course when you're sad but but also when 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 you're happy and i just think it's a it's good frank ocean you're good uh call me nine and a half um a beach houses in idaho out of ten nice andrew yeah, so I think, like I said, this is just the perfect soundtrack, and this in Blonde, to, like, uh, Heartbreak and Uncried Love and stuff like that. It's a very meaningful record if, uh, in terms of getting me into music, in, like, mm-hmm. getting me into, like, more albums as, you know, a thing to love. And uh, it's pretty perfect. I listened to it this morning, just, like, lying in my bed, and just, like, was washed o- washed over, and there are still more things I've grown to appreciate just like how he uses his voice you know just like a vocal like 
performance for like a line or something like that, or just like a interesting production tick or like how much, how many instruments are going at the same time and how it's like panning left and right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it showcases Frank as a writer, as a very empathetic, thoughtful, clever writer, um, songwriter. Yeah. I think it's pretty, I think it's, uh, it means a lot. And it's like, uh, it's good to know that, you know, I'm not alone in those feelings, I guess. And yeah. like, um, those that feeling lost or alone or something like that. It's not, it's good to know that. So I'm going to give this uh 10 cigarettes on my lips that burn from the cigarettes. So. <laughs> cigarettes that burn from the cigarettes. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> my, my finger. No, oh, sorry. But 10 fingertips and lips that burn from the there cigarettes. There you go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you, have you given many albums 10 out of 10? I give it a few. It's like not okay. as common, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, but I'm also a very generous. I, I think of myself as a very generous reviewer. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and even if a record, like the lowest I'll go is like a five usually. Mm -hmm. you okay. know? And if it's, if it, I just don't like it, you know, I'm like, but you know, there's this moment that was like good. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. Uh, so thank you, Carly. Uh, now we'll get into our, <gasps> I've been meaning to listen to that. And I did playlist. playlist. All right. That was good. So, without Michael here. Um, yeah. Um, now we'll pick a song. Uh, let's go to Carly first. What, what's the song you want to put on the playlist? If you okay, have okay, I, I do, I do have one, and <laughs> it's made a resurgence on TikTok. Again, <laughs> I, I'm very, very young. Um, can I put uh, "Dear Maria, Count Me In" on the playlist? <laughs> All right, click. Uh, yeah, why do you like the song? Um, it's, I mean, it's all time low. It's, uh, oh. brings me back to my, um, pop punk emo, emo phase. And, um, it's just really good. And who doesn't, like, you can't, I can't hear it and not be like, I got your picture, I'm coming with you. Yeah, so. <laughs> you have to <laughs> I love sing it. along, I love basically. It. I love it. And it's a good, it's a good, um, like, uh, just after listening to, to Frank Ocean the past couple days, it's like all of my feels. <laughs> and then like, I just want to like jump around and like, yeah, yeah. Str straighten my bangs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Toby Maguire it. and Spider-Man 3. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to like put on eyeliner. So <laughs> it's great. Sean, we turn to you. What would you like to put on this playlist? Uh, I'm going to put on uh, Viral by Moses Sumney. Click. This is my passing grade. The virility fade. You've got the wrong guy. You're on the sleep right Uh I like this song. I love this song, honestly. Um, it's a great song about kind of the the prison that is like gender norms and masculinity. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's a queer artist, and so that's listening to Frank Ocean. A quartist. A quart <laughs> he's a quartist. I don't know. That was not good. <laughs> that wasn't worth it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, listening to Frank reminded me a lot of Moses Sumney. They're like different musically, but uh, just just the fact that they're both queer artists who kind of aren't afraid to step out of their comfort zone. 
I think is really cool. And uh, it's just a really like it's got a really great like uh, beat to it. And it's very dark sounding. And the music video is phenomenal. So I would highly recommend watching that. Um, and he's also he's so attractive. <laughs> he's so built in the music video. And I'm just like, God damn. Uh, I'm looking at him now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll be watching this. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Later. <Yeah. laughs> Let's see. Oh, put him in the crank bang. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Kai, crank bang. Kai, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's my pick. Uh, my pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pick I Miss You by Beyonce. Mm. Click. I miss you like So this is uh, before Frank got, you know, was gained notoriety as a songwriter. He as like a, um, you know, as a singer, he was a songwriter and he wrote he ghost wrote for a lot of people. And he ghost wrote this song. Mm. You know, I miss you. It's just like it's a very simple song. Just like uh, I miss you like every day. Wanna be with you, but you're away. Just like so simple. And it's like. And it just like speaks to the universality of Frank Ocean's writing, of just like cutting to the feel, cutting to like the essence of like a feeling, of just like you know melancholy and yeah you know, stuff like that. And Beyonce, you know, if Frank Ocean had to be a ghostwriter for the rest of his life, like I'm glad like at least someone like Beyonce did it justice, mm-hmm. you know. And like yeah, it's like Beyonce was just like you know heard the song was like yeah I'll take that. <laughs> 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 it was in a glass um, case at a deli. Yeah. She was like oh just give me one of those. <laughs> uh, Pretty Hurts was written by Sia, by the way, too. So just like it was a fully formed song, and Beyonce was like, "Yeah, I'll be uh, Sia, rest in peace." Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's canceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see you later. She got that song from nobody. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I love this song, and uh, can't wait to listen to it some more. So okay. Uh, thank you so much, Carly. Uh, yeah, anything you. you like to plug and your socials and stuff? Yeah, my podcast, Snatch Talk and Crazy Makers. You can find them on the internet. Um, I have a Patreon for Crazy Makers as as well. Check that out. Um, yeah. I'm on I'm on everything at K Menzizzle. Yeah, listen listen to my podcast. That's it. <laughs> Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Sean. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at T1 underscore Sean five nine nine. So thank you so much to um, Olivia Jensen for her cover art. You could follow her at um, uh, Olivia Jensen underscore art on Instagram. Uh, our theme song is by Emily Blue. You can follow her on Twitter at Emily Blue Music and Instagram at Emily Blue Loves You. Uh, you could follow me at Andrew A. Lee on Instagram and Twitter. You could follow the show at IBMTLTT on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you could email us at I've been meaning to listen to that at gmail.com. And uh, thank you so much, Carly. This is such a lovely time. Thank you for Yay. indulging me. Yeah, um, thank you. And we, I love your show. Um, I can't wait to continue to listen. And uh, it's it's also just like really encouraging and uh, wonderful to have like a podcast peer, I guess. Someone who's like kind of doing a similar thing and kind of gets how weird and hard it could be sometimes. So yeah, thank you for being yeah. my new friend in that way. Yeah, so, no worries. This is so nice. I love to hear people talk about stuff that they like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, now we'll have a closing sentiment from Carly. 
three, two, one. Frank Ocean, you did a good job. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. I'm peeing now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Click.